kind of part of our ethos is like always do it right and you know no no tricks like i mean they may work quickly but uh you know you want to invest in in the the fundamentals and so that long term you can really capture and, and maintain your place at the time i remember there were a lot of tricks people were were trying and stuff that were you know kind of sketchy you know like hiding text and stuff and we just avoided all of that and, and the sites that were doing that at the time all got penalized you know with the, the algorithm updates and google would change things and then people would lose rankings and that was one thing that we never had to worry about right because we're always doing it according to like what they suggested welcome to sit down startup founder podcast where we interview top founders on all things growth retention expansion it's our goal to help you learn from the best by hearing exactly what they did so you can apply those similar approaches to your seed and series a company i'm your host adam o'donnell former founder in silicon valley vc I currently manage VC and startup partnerships at Zendesk for Startups here in Silicon Valley. Zendesk for Startups offers six months free for all things Zendesk for all qualified high growth companies. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Cy Scott, one of the founders of Leafly, a cannabis marketplace similar to a Yelp. They're now a publicly traded company listed on the NASDAQ. My biggest learnings, don't hack everything. As a former founder, I always wanted to find the things that I didn't need to do to be able to get there better, faster, cheaper. But as you just heard, it doesn't always work out and they focus on doing the hard things right. My takeaway here, we got to know what corners to cut and which ones to not. Second, know when to follow your convictions. He talked about making a decision to immediately go after the new channel of the app store. As a cannabis company, this was not easy. They went through a lot more hurdles to get their app approved by Apple, but he knew to keep fighting that battle. And I asked him why. And he said, because he had an iPhone, he knew the difference between using an app and just a normal website. And this was going to be the future. So know which battles to pick and which battles to just, hey, we don't need to fight this right now. Shout out to our top partner, Startup Grind. They're the world's largest community of startups, founders, innovators, and creators. Check them out. Welcome to the show. I am really excited to have you here because you founded two incredible companies, one Leafly and the other Headset, uh, both in the cannabis space, one's a marketplace and one's like more of a data play. I want to hear like now that it's a publicly traded company, uh, would love to kind of dive into the, some of those early growth stories that you had. So if you could tell me what was the first thing that Leafly was doing when you founded the company? Yeah, yeah. Uh, really where it started was this idea of you know demystifying cannabis, giving people information around these different strains and providing a, a platform to, to share that information. At the time, uh, organizations like Yelp were pretty popular. I mean, Yelp is obviously still very popular, but these were early days where it's kind of crowdsourced uh, content, review content. How do you how do you see the platform like that when you have no no users? It's the cold start problem, right? It's age old, right? You have uh, a, a website, you know, an app that has uh, a number of strains, and we you know plugged in the strains, you know, ourselves originally. We, I think we had about a hundred, maybe hundred and fifty uh, to start. That does sound like a lot. So maybe like a hundred and uh, you know, we would review them ourselves and uh, kind of make up reviews with different usernames, which sounds ridiculous, but it's a strategy that's worked for you when you read about Reddit and, and other kind of properties where you kind of have to seed the system to kind of contribute that information. We didn't do a ton of that, um, you know, and, and thankfully a lot of people started finding us and, and starting to contribute that data, but it really was kind of a way to solve uh, the cold start problem there. And once you have those reviews in, uh, then it kind of is a, a self-fulfilling or a nice virtuous cycle, right? Where, you know, people see a number of reviews, they'll sign up because they see the number of reviews and they'll start reviewing. And then that creates more reviews and then more tracks, more people and, and so on. So that's probably the, the very beginning. 
Um, and then from there, I think the next uh, big source of, of growth um, or where the growth all came from was SEO. Um, so really optimization um, for organic search. And, uh, you know, it sounds so obvious again today. It's, it's hard to hard to believe, you know, how fast tech moves. But in 2010, you know, this is still, uh, I think, early days of SEO. And you could really tune things, um, you know, quite effectively. And being in the cannabis vertical, talking about strains, there really wasn't a lot of good content. You'd find like a um, maybe an article, you know, about a specific strain from time to time, but we really had good breadth of strains. So we started to capture those search terms. So when people were searching Blue Dream, um, you know, Leafly was moving up the rankings and eventually, you know, captured that that coveted number one spot. And, um, you know, the, the website itself was very much specifically designed for a broad mainstream audience, you know, not kind of the, the stereotype, uh, cannabis consumer at the time, you know, the, the high times stereotype that was so prevalent back in, in 2010. I mean, it is very much more normalized, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways since then, but at the time it was pretty, um, pretty unprecedented and, and quite, uh, quite a unique approach. And I think that, when people click through that link, um, you know, they, they saw that kind of look and, and felt comfortable. You know, we wanted to create a, a website that uh, kind of spoke to us as, you know, general consumers, like, like, you know, just like, you know, I like enjoy wine or I enjoy beer, you know, same thing from time to time. So uh, that, that really helped. I think the, the organic search and the more strains we'd input, the more search terms we'd capture, the more growth we'd get, the more users and so on. And then again, another virtuous cycle and just continued to, to snowball. And then as states started legalizing, people started searching as dispensaries opened up. And it was just this natural um, tailwind that you just uh, captured uh, just from legalization. It's still happening today. I mean, in, we're in 2022. New Jersey is about to legalize adult use in a matter of weeks. You've got New York on the horizon, most likely this year, potentially next year when the stores start opening for adult use. So those things continue to help Leafly. That is very exciting. Let's start with the the cold start problem. Can you walk me through that aspect? Did you have competitors or were you literally just the only one reviewing this? Um, yeah, we were, there were, there were, I guess, blogs, uh, magazines that would maybe talk about um, strain reviews, but nothing really for user um, contribution. I, I guess you could maybe argue forums. There existed some forums at the time that may still be around that where people would you know, share this kind of information, but it was very unstructured data um, compared to what we were doing. And so I think that uh, for those that are struggling with the cold start problem, I mean, one, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of research, uh, some good books, uh, even lately uh, that have been published on this because it is, uh, I think, a challenge for, for many kind of somewhat two-sided businesses here, you know, where you're, you're trying to uh, bring different groups together. Um, and so, I think, you know, do the research, uh, read the, read, read all the work that's been done out there. Uh, and then, you know, just be mindful of it. Um, you know, what's, what can you invest in, um, you know, on your side, like how many strains did we need? How many reviews did we need for it to, to look and feel like there was enough content for our visitors that were coming through? I think that was, you know, something that, that we were very mindful of, um, what, what strains were the most popular. So if I was Airbnb, they're probably looking at where do people vacation most or where, where are most hotel reservations happening? Let's start there, right? Start seeding that so you capture you know, that audience instead of maybe some random small town that doesn't have a lot of people going through. So I think just being mindful about 
you know, what, what kind of content you're producing uh, and what kind of audience you're attracting. And then, you know, trying to do, you know, maybe the bare minimum because it's a, it's a lot fair amount of work and you don't want to do too much of it. You know, you want the natural, you just like literally want to start it up, start the engine, you know, or maybe not literally, but you, you know, you, you don't really want to start, start it moving. And once it's going, then it's going. So, you know, what is it, what is the minimum that it's going to take to, to get that engine going? Absolutely. And I'm definitely clear on marketplaces that don't have enough. How much time did you spend getting there? Was it like a month, two months before you're like, okay, we're ready to release it to the world. I think it was like a month. Um, you know, we were pretty eager and, uh, didn't want to spend too much time, especially, you know, we were just, uh, launching this thing and, uh, you know, the, the MVP, uh, kind of version of it and really didn't know if it was going to work or not. And, you know, you want to be sensitive to how much time you invest in something. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it was like a month. It's been, it's been a long time. So I, I could be, could be wrong, but, uh, we were, we were pretty quick, uh, to get it out there into the world to see, you know, is this something that the world wants or is it just us? And I think now it being publicly traded and the growth that it's had, it's, it's, uh, pretty clear that, yeah, it, it is something that, that resonates with a, a, a bigger audience than, than myself and my co-founders. Absolutely. So when you first released those initial hundred like reviews, you're like, Hey, we're Leafly. We have reviews. We're like the Yelp for cannabis. What was that initial outreach? Did you go to partners in the industry and say, Hey, can you send this out on your blog? Or did you just have some people in your network and you just sent emails? Uh, we just sent kind of emails. We really focused on like kind of tech blogs. Like I remember posting on, on, on things like hacker news, um, you know, and now there's, there's all sorts of tools um, out there to kind of announce yourself. Um, so we started there. We did reach out to some publications in the industry to kind of say, Hey, we're, we're here, we're, we're covering, you know, the cannabis space and we're doing it a little bit differently. We'd love to, you know, for you to talk about us. And, uh, there were some groups that did that. I, I think that we had a pretty unique take. So it was, um, it, it was, it was unique in the space. I mean, now there are a lot of ways to share kind of this information out there. Um, and, but at the time there wasn't. And so I think a lot of people wanted to talk about us. And so that gave us some advantages plus like kind of the mainstream approach. I think people did recognize that cannabis is something that uh, will, will eventually be, you know, federally legal in the U S maybe worldwide at some point and on a state-by-state -state basis today. But, um, felt like a little ahead of the curve there. And so they, it was just a, a, a topic people wanted to discuss. And maybe because it's a little bit of a taboo topic too, that kind of resonated um, at the time. So all those kind of factors seemed to work in our favor. And we just kind of were able to capture some of that, that uh, opportunity. And, you know, we certainly weren't the first website in cannabis, but um, you know, one of the first that really focused on it in the way we did, which is something for everybody. Um, you know, that, that is not that stereotype. So the, the next thing you talked about was SEO. It sounds like that was maybe a couple of years in. Could you tell me like how you selected that channel or was it just obvious? Cause that's where most of the, the leads are coming from. Yeah, it, um, it, it was kind of, kind of obvious, I guess, you know, we weren't, um, I can you know, kind of knowing what I know now, we weren't very rigorous around like testing channels. I think now I'm a much smarter at this, uh, after, you know, more than 10 years doing it. But, uh, I think the, the right approach is to, you know, test channels and find the one that might get some traction and then invest there, you know, significantly. And maybe, you know, there's one or two or three or however many are start, start proving out. But, um, 
you know, search was something that, you know, myself, my co-founders had some experience in search was something that was very top of mind at the time in, in 2010. And so it, it was just kind of a, we've got to optimize if, if we're going to be discovered, like we've got to be in the Google rankings and then noticing that, um, you know, we could capture uh, those, those coveted top positions for a lot of uh, search terms ar around the strains and the more strains that there were just the more search that we could start to capture. So um, I think it was, maybe we, you know, uh, better to be, to be lucky than smart sometimes. Right. So we were kind of lucky stumbling into to search and just, okay, this is a great channel for us. And then really investing in it, staying on top of, you know, best practices with Google, um, you know, really, you know, diving into the resources that were available at the time on, you know, how to, how to do it appropriately. That's something also that, you know, it's kind of part of our ethos is like always do it right. And, you know, no, no tricks, like tricks are never, I mean, they may work quickly, but uh, you know, you want to invest in, in the, the fundamentals. And so that long-term you can really, you know, capture and, and maintain your place at the time. I remember there were a lot of tricks people were, were trying and stuff that were, you know, kind of, kind of sketchy, you know, like hiding text and stuff. And we just avoided all that. And, and the sites that were doing that at the time all got penalized, you know, with the, the algorithm updates and Google, would change things and then people would lose rankings. And that was one thing that we never had to worry about, right? Because we're always doing it according to like what they suggested. And, um, you know, maybe we didn't have to do tricks because we had some traction and, you know, what was working, what was working. But uh, I think that's the right approach is just, you know, try try to, to follow the rules uh, as best you can and, um, you know, push them if you can, but uh, definitely, you know, don't, don't the hacking stuff like the, the hacky stuff i should say that people are doing i just remember you know other companies and stuff when algorithm updates would come out they would lose their rankings and then there goes your revenue and the whole thing is, is tough so um yeah it was kind of our approach so kind of lucked into it really focused on it we spent a lot of time uh making sure we we're we're doing it right um and yeah paid dividends that's so hard to do because there's such a temptation in the early days to just hack everything. But the more that I talk to founders, I've talked to a lot of cool founders uh, like yourself, like the founder of Zoom Info, the founder of Outreach, um, .io, Doxin, and a bunch of other ones. And it's all just the, the ones who just keep their heads down. They don't do the, they're not chasing shiny things. They're working on the things they know that's going to make a difference. It doesn't happen overnight. And they keep their head down and they keep moving. And that's what I'm hearing with you. Like, we just did it the right way. We kept our head down with SEO. We saw it. It was working. It's not, it wasn't rocket science. It was more about, we had something that was valuable. So let's just continue in that motion. That's exactly right. And it takes sometimes more time, but I think longer term, you're, you're in a better spot because of it. Absolutely. Well, the, the final question is around expansion opportunities. Was there any expansion strategy, like within the people who are, already coming to the marketplace? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we launched an app, uh, I guess, as the, the first, um, the big change, you know, it was web-based and, and again, funny to remember, but in 2010, I think the iPhone was introduced in 2010. Um, I don't even know if it was in market, maybe at the tail end of the year, but when the iPhone came out, there was no app store, you know, apps were, you know, these simple things on, um, the Java frameworks on your, your Motorola's for any listeners who remember those days, but, uh, the app store came along finally, um, I don't know, maybe 2012, 20, maybe 2011. I don't remember when it, when it landed and, um, you know, we, we got the app in there and that was, you know, not easy either. I mean, 
we're a cannabis company. Apple was very much, you know, a, a controlling entity, and I think still is in, in a lot of ways. Hence, you know, no Fortnite on the uh, the App Store. Um, but uh, we were able to come in and uh, capture reviews. Given Apple's based in California, cannabis is legal in California. They were okay with that. They've they've broadened a lot now. You can actually purchase in legal markets through apps, which is a huge, um, I think, progressive step that they've taken. But um, again, it's uh, it's like memory lane here. But it's it's funny to think about. That was a whole new channel. You know, web was was it. And yeah, sure, apps might have existed in, in simple ways on Nokia's, but not not at the level that they were being designed uh, for phones, and not certainly in the world that we're in today. Where, you know, when you when you go to a Yelp, I feel like they just push you to get the app. Like, don't even use our website. We want you to have the app. And so, um, you know, that that's definitely uh, contributed to to the growth as kind of the next big evolution. So. I guess you could chalk it up to new channel, right? New channel for consumer adoption, um, and and you know, it's worked worked wonders. Did you jump right on it, or were you more of the cautious type? Like, hey, we don't want to just chase another shiny thing. Uh, we we just did it. I had an iPhone. I bought an iPhone day one. Uh, I used to be in mobile, doing like mobile games, um, way way back, and uh, you know, so I just dabbling, you know, and really wanted to build an app, and so I was like, let's let's do this. Um, we had some challenges with, uh, the app review process. We had to change some things about Leafly to be able to get in. We had to focus a bit more on medical uh, side, um, kind of adding like a negatives component uh, of consuming. Um, we didn't have that. We had some more recreational or adult use kind of stuff, but they weren't cool with that. So we changed it. So actually kind of changed some of the trajectory of, of Leafly for the better, I think too. Um, so yeah, we definitely jumped in, uh, worked with the app store or the review teams, uh, to finally get it through. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, at the time it was, it was proving to be pretty successful, you know, iPhones, you know, if you remember like blackberries and stuff and, um, just the transition, the speed of adoption, how revolutionary it was. So it, it felt less like a fad, more like, okay, this is something that's probably going to going to be here for a while let's let's start building and iphone was first and then you know android came second really appreciate your time it's just really cool to see what you built and if you want to just tell us quickly about headset then um i will let you go yeah sure sure so um you know still working on the cannabis uh vertical we're really focused on the data and analytics side of the business um you know you can imagine that uh there's all these markets now all these products and brands and categories. Um, so we basically make sense of that. You know, we source our data directly from dispensaries and retailers. We normalize it and we get that information out to, um, you know, operators. So the people that are producing these brands that want to understand the competitive landscape, maybe find opportunity for new product introductions, understand who the consumer is and how to target the consumer. And then the kind of non-endemic customer base, like financial services companies or consumer packaged goods companies that are making investments in this category, trying to understand, you know, what, what is this? Where do I um, apply my, my resources? Uh, you know, how do I produce a product in this market? How do I invest in this market and so on? And so we, we do that with headset and um, like any company, you know, I've, I've, have growth uh, stories there as well. It's, it's quite different, but you know, for us, it's sourcing retail data, um, and so we've built a lot of kind of network effects. You know, getting like um, our customers to be advocates for our data sources, where they're talking to retailers about how they should use a headset, and then 
the retailers call us and uh, say, we need to plug in a headset and becomes another data source. And so there's all sorts of, um, you know, cool ways that you can grow. And it's more on the B2B side uh, where Leafly is more uh, B2C, uh, but it's been a great ride in, in this industry's, you know, ever, ever changing, always fascinating, uh, even, you know, 10 plus years in and looking forward to the next, uh, next handful of years and where it goes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. This is incredible. Thanks, Adam. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for Startups and our free offer, please check out our website at zendesk.com startups.